is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome in, everybody, to another podcast here on Amazing Brew Espionation Podcast Network. Future Brew, our Michigan football and basketball recruiting pod. My name is Vaughn Lozon. Joining me today, as always, John Simmons. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, Vaughn. Celebrating the demise of Michigan State. It is always a fantastic way to start the week. with it. Just the way that that game played out, it, it, it was so typical. For and, and I kind of predicted that Michigan State would jump out to an early lead, but I didn't think that uh, that Michigan would blow them out the way that they did. I, I, I kind of figured it would be a closer game than that, but just goes to show what's going on over there. Um, like Josh Metellus said, they're not really playing football right now, but oh well, it's uh, to our benefit and not theirs, so I can't be much more happy than that. But let's uh, speaking of Michigan State and Michigan. There were a few guys that uh, are pretty notable that visited for the game over the weekend, and we'll just recap some of these guys here, and more so than not, the guys that we feel have a a good shot of Michigan landing. Uh, Let's just start right in the backyard for Michigan. Raheem Anderson, four-star center. He goes to Cast Tech from Detroit, 6'3", 298. Uh, He's the number two center overall in the 2021 class. Got five crystal balls right now to Michigan. It seems like the Wolverines are much further ahead than any other school at this point. And, uh, the most recent crystal ball coming from Bryce Marich a week ago. So it's looking good for Michigan early on for uh, the number two center in the country. Yep, he's uh, been on campus a few times already this season. 
Um, I think he's likely to commit sooner rather than later. I know Michigan's been due for, excuse me, for a commit for a while. They haven't had one since late June, July. So I think uh, Anderson's a good candidate to uh, join the 2021 class. Yeah, he's just one of the many in-state guys that Michigan's got a shot with right here. And let's just go right over to uh, the other two in-state guys that were on campus this weekend and their parent teammates, Rocco Spindler and Garrett Dellinger from Clarkston, both offensive linemen. You would figure that as of right now, Michigan's probably ahead in the race for Rocco Spindler who is number 40 overall. Garrett Dellinger is going to be a bit more of a challenge there. It looks like it's more of a Michigan-Notre Dame battle, which lately Michigan has been winning a lot of those. So if you feel like it's a Michigan-Notre Dame battle, Michigan fans got to feel pretty confident, especially with it being an in-state kid and especially with his in-state brother, pretty much, Rocco Spindler. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's it's more of a sense of when is it going to happen, not if, with Rocco. And if Rocco commits early on here, it could uh, push Garrett Dellinger to a commit as well. Yeah, I think so. Um, Rocco is definitely the, the top in-state guy that they're going after in 2021. Uh, <clears throat> Dellinger will be, would be a good addition. Um, I know there's some news that maybe schools are backing off a bit because he was injured uh, this season. So I think maybe uh, Michigan will wait and see here. Um, They're in on plenty of other guys as well, so he's not a must-get. But uh, I think that they might wait and see how he does it, you know, his senior year. Um, But uh, Rocco Spindler will definitely be a coveted target. Um, He'd be a great recruiter for the rest of the class, be a good guy to pair with uh, J.J. McCarthy to help get more 2021 guys um, with them. It seemed like they really made an emphasis on getting – a bunch of in-state guys on the sidelines, especially a lot of these under-the-radar three-star types um, for the Michigan State game. I think it kind of helped to show their dominance um, over mm-hmm. the, the you know their in-state rival there. So I think that was a good strategy, and they definitely uh, I think made a big step in a lot of these in-state uh, guys' minds and kind of proved their dominance. Yeah, I, I I think so too, honestly, John. I, and there were a few schools that uh, you, you know weren't able to get to the Michigan Michigan State game just because their high school playoffs were still going on. I believe West Bloomfield may have been one of those schools. Belleville, I believe, being another one. And those are two pretty powerhouse schools that actually have a lot of pretty decent prospects that Michigan's going after in the 2021 class. With Donovan Edwards being the big one, the four-star running back there, but. If you just take a look at the board here, just in state, uh, all the offensive linemen that they're going after, just in the state, they've already got Giovanni Elhadi, four-star, number 99 overall committed. But then you look at Rocco Spindler, you look at Garrett Dellinger, already talked about Raheem Anderson, and you still got Rayshon Benny down there as well, the four-star offensive tackle. So they've definitely got a a ton of options as well as a three-star offensive tackle, Caleb Tiernan, who also has a Michigan offer. So just with the in-state group of, I mean, you you could take an entire class of offensive linemen just in the state of Michigan in the 2021 class. You don't see this stuff very often, but this is just one of those special circumstances that if Michigan banks on, uh, you know, they, they could really have a home run class just in state. It's crazy to, to imagine that, um, all these top kids are in the state of Michigan this year. Typically, you see it 
know, top kids are down south or in California or Texas or something along those lines. But a lot of really, really nice prospects in state. And luckily, a few of these kids were able to watch Michigan beat down Michigan State over the weekend. Yeah, and they keep offering more and more linemen. The couple got offers this weekend, like Caleb Banks and Raquan Buckley, um, guys like uh, Dalton Duweke, um, these these underrated O-linemen uh, keep popping up from the state of Michigan for 2021. It just seems like it never ends with the, the quality linemen that Michigan seizes, uh, you know, their level of, of prospect that they're, they'll give an offer to. So it's good to see them developing relationships with all these guys and kind of, you know, building a, a fence around the state of Michigan here. Yeah, definitely. Let's talk about another offensive lineman real quick. Um, may not have as good of a chance for Michigan to land, but uh, we got James, I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Is it Pogorelk? Yeah, sure. Pogorelk? I don't know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I like that. James Pogorelk, three-star offensive tackle. He's from Virginia. Uh, right now it looks like Stanford is ahead in the race here, but he visited Michigan this past weekend. He raved about the visit, and reports are that he's going to be visiting again uh, in December at some point. Um, he's going to be visiting Michigan. Sounds like he's going to go back to Stanford one more time, and he may visit Virginia or North Carolina. Uh, you would assume that those are the presumed top three, top four schools for James. But uh, as far as Michigan's chances, it's not looking too good, but to get him on campus and, and to lock in another potential visit in December to step in the right direction, especially if Ed Warner and Jim Harbaugh want to take one more offensive tackle in this class. Yeah, it's a good sign that he uh, immediately scheduled an official visit following his trip, his first trip to Michigan. So clearly it went well. Um, The staff will get another shot at him for sure. Um, That's the same weekend, December 6th is coming up. The same weekend as CJ Stroud and uh, Darian Green-Warren, so it looks like the staff's trying to kind of make that a, a big visit weekend, so there'll, there'll mm-hmm. be some good buzz on campus. Um, but yeah, he he's still has plans to, he already took an official to Stanford, I believe, so he's taking an unofficial back out there um, after his visit to Michigan, which isn't great because you always want the, the last visit, and the fact that he's taking an unofficial back out all the way to California shows that he definitely is very interested in Stanford. And the kid has like a 4.0, uh, you know, 1,400 SAT. He's a, he's a really smart kid. So those those guys are really hard to pull from Stanford, no matter how good the football team is, just because of the, you know, the, the professional connections and degree that you can get there. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those academic powerhouse football programs too, Michigan, Stanford, Notre Dame. Those are, those are the, the three big ones. And yeah, according to his 24-7 profile, it's got him officially visiting Michigan December 6th and officially visiting Virginia December 13th. So you would imagine that those two schools and then as well as Stanford, they'll probably get one last visit as well, like you mentioned. So it's looking like Stanford's ahead in this race. This would be the second offensive lineman that Stanford pulled away from Michigan in this recruiting cycle alone. So um, I know it's tough to compete with uh, with Stanford from time to time when you get these kids that are really good on the football field and really good in the classroom too. So we'll just have to wait and see how those final visits pan out for him. And if he signs early, we'll definitely give you all that news here on the podcast and on maizebrew.com. But 
Let's move over to a prospect that I have a lot more confidence in Michigan eventually getting a verbal commitment from, and that's Rodney McGraw, defensive end from Elkhart, Indiana, four-star guy at three crystal balls for Michigan right now. He's pretty much either tried to visit or has visited every game potentially possible for him this season uh, for the Wolverines. Visited this past weekend. He visited for the Wisconsin game at Wisconsin. I believe he was on the sidelines for the Penn State game. I believe he visited for the Middle Tennessee State game, too. So he's kind of just been all over the place visiting games uh, that have to do with Michigan. Uh, so I would imagine that Michigan is the front runner here. And I'm honestly shocked that they haven't landed a commitment from him up to this point. Yeah, <clears throat> it's it's been kind of frustrating to waiting around for another commitment um, to, to land. And, um, it's still early for these 2021 guys, but yeah, <clears throat> McGraw is clearly shown high interest. He's made, he's tried been trying to get up to a game for a while now after his first visit for uh, in earlier in the season. Um, he finally was uh, able to come back up and picked a good game. It was a satisfying blowout. So I think they only, uh, push themselves further ahead in this race. Um, we'll see. I don't know what his timeline is, but hopefully he can uh, pull the trigger soon and join Michigan's class. I would imagine it be sooner rather than later if he keeps visiting Michigan the way that he's been doing this season. And he's talked openly about how Michigan's uh, either at the top or near the top of his list. Uh, he, he's got some other pretty decent offers there, Michigan being one of the more notable ones for sure. He's got that Penn State offer. Um, as he visited them earlier this season. He's got one from Indiana, home, home school, uh, or home state school right there. Um, Boston College, you know, Purdue. He's got a few other ones, but I would imagine as of right now, Michigan's probably at the top of that list. So I would imagine if he wants to shut down his recruitment soon, he could probably do it at any time and just verbally commit to Michigan. That would be my pick there. But uh, let's let's talk real quick about one last guy, Theo Johnson, being the the big target that was on campus this weekend. Four-star tight end. We've talked about him a lot, mainly because he's just been, I, I wouldn't say dragging out his recruitment process because we've seen a lot uh, a, lot, a lot worse uh, recruitments as far as that stuff goes, but he's been doing his due diligence. He's been visiting constantly his top four schools, which include Michigan, Penn State, Georgia, and Iowa. Uh, he visited this past weekend. Sounds like they may get him one more time, uh, maybe after the season. Uh, he could visit one last time. But he delayed his uh, commitment. He was going to originally commit on Monday, uh, this Monday. Uh, he obviously hasn't done that. He wants to take his time and kind of sort things through, think it over, just spend the next few weeks really soaking everything in from all of his visits that he's taken this season. Cause he's seen a lot of football. He's seen a lot of really good football and his top four programs are obviously really, really good. Uh, Iowa kind of being the, the one outsider that isn't a great program, but they do really, really good with their tight ends. So I can definitely see why he's got them up there too. But I, in, in my eyes, it, it's really good news for Michigan that he delayed his commitment. What do you think? Yeah, I think, the consensus kind of was that if he was going to commit on Monday would have been for Penn State. So obviously getting him to push that back and reconsider has to be seen as a win for Michigan. 
um, especially following his visit last weekend. There's uh, a chance that he could visit again for the Ohio State game in a couple of weeks. And if he shows up on campus then, it would be a huge sign, um, again, for Michigan's chances. Um, he was supposed to go for Notre Dame game, but uh, didn't go, I think, because of the weather. Um, so Johnson is definitely, I think it's down to Michigan or Penn State here. Um, and from everything that's been coming out of the visit, it seems like Michigan may have put themselves back out in front uh, ahead mm-hmm. of Penn State because, you know, how they're treating his recruitment. They're not, they're letting him take his time. He's He has been really not, I don't know, indecisive, but just he's been considering it, weighing heavily on it a lot. I, I still don't think he for sure knows where he wants to go. Um, so, you know, Harbaugh's just been letting him relax and not pushing for a commitment and just kind of uh, letting the decision go. And I think he's really responding well to that, uh, you know, handling of his recruitment. And I think it, it's going to pay off in the end. Yeah, the the way that they've handled it has, has been very well because it seems like at this point Penn State is really pushing for that commitment for him to make a decision sooner so he can sign in the early signing period, as I would imagine most coaches would want their kids to sign in December as opposed to February now. But Harbaugh kind of sounds like they're taking a more laid back approach saying, Hey, you know, make your decision when you know exactly what you want to do. Don't make a decision and then regret it later on. So I think they're handling everything really well as far as building up the relationship and and not putting a ton of pressure on him. Although they did kind of mention to him reportedly that they would like for him to sign early, uh, but not really selfishly. Uh, they mentioned that they, they more so mentioned that just because, Hey, if you don't sign early, that's when coaches are going to be hounding you. They're going to be texting you, calling you all over the place every single day. And they're going to pretty much just be pushing for you even more to sign in February at that point, since you would have missed the December signing period. So I'm with you. I think Michigan and Jim Harbaugh have done a really solid job in this recruitment, making sure that he's comfortable with everything, getting him on campus uh, on more than one occasion, and just keeping that communication going. It sounds like he had a really good weekend. Uh, He was able to spend a a few days, actually, in Ann Arbor. He went to the basketball game on Friday and then went to the football game on Saturday. So he was uh, able to see 2-0. Uh, Michigan victory on uh, Friday and Saturday, basketball and football. So obviously none of that can really hurt you. And it sounds like uh, I think a big factor here is uh, with his family. John, I don't know what you think about this, but it sounds like his mom is having quite the influence on him. Obviously not a ton because if it was you know outweighing every other influence, he would have probably made a decision and verbally committed already. But it sounds like his mom wants him to stay closer to home. And obviously Ann Arbor is closer to Windsor, Ontario than any other places that he's got on his top four. So what do you think about all that? Do you think that that's going to be a, a big factor? It probably won't be the deciding factor, but I, I think it's it got a little bit to do with him delaying his commitment and kind of just evaluating things a little further. Yeah, you can't under, underrate being able to go to every home game um, with only you know an hour's drive. Uh, to to campus basically. Um, I think I think it's actually one of the reasons why he didn't commit to Penn State earlier is because that that uh, influence of his mom uh, wanting him to stay closer to home. Um, I think that's that's given kept the door open for Michigan to make their pitch and you know continued building their relationships with him. I know 
he hung out a bunch with Sharon Moore um, during the, the basketball game on Friday, and he's really started to uh, connect with him and knows that Moore's a good, uh, a great guy and coach, and he's been one of Michigan's best recruiters um, in his few years on the staff. And then on Saturday, he was hung out with Braden McGregor, McGregor a lot, which was good. Um, they're the big in-state uh, prospect helping recruit out recruit uh, Johnson there. And so I think if when, once those connections start building, um, it, it's hard for him to look anywhere else because I know the the big factor with Penn State was his relationship with the, the coaches and players. So if, if Michigan can kind of replicate that and make everything else equal, then the, then I think the, the distance to home is kind of the, the thing that tips the scale in Michigan's favor. Yeah, I think those relationships are going to go really far too, just meshing with the guys that are in that class with you. I think that's a big reason why Michigan had such a great class last year too, is just the way that those guys all meshed together and they formed relationships really early on and they were able to get most of those guys to lock in and, and sign their letter of intent during that December signing period last year. There were only a few guys that didn't, uh, Quentin Johnson being one of them, and there were a few other ones. But, yeah, I think that would be a huge uh, huge uh, feather in Michigan's cap there, just getting pretty much everybody on board, commitments, coaches, all these people to uh, to, to buy into Theo and, and get a good relationship going with him. And we'll certainly see what he ends up deciding. Uh, it's remained to be seen whether he's going to sign in December or sign in February. I don't think he's really made up his mind in that regard, too. But at this point, I wouldn't be shocked if he verbally committed tomorrow. And I wouldn't be shocked if he verbally committed, made his final decision in February. This is just one of those commitments or recruitments that's been, you know, you you, you thought it would end uh, early on. And then it's extended all the way into the late part of the season. And his timeline has just been all over the place. His commitment has been delayed. So I, I can see it going either way. Either he commits at some point in the near future or he just waits until whichever signing period he decides to sign it. So it'll definitely be interesting to see how it all plays out, John. Um, and we're going to take a quick break here and uh, we're going to come back and talk some Michigan basketball recruiting. So stick around. We will be right back. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we are back. We're going to end our podcast today talking about some Michigan basketball recruiting. We've got a few guys to talk about here, John. And I, I want to talk first about Isaiah Todd. Uh, of course, the, the crown jewel 
of the 2020 class for Juwan Howard and Michigan basketball, number 12 overall, power forward from North Carolina. He verbally committed last month. He has not signed his uh, letter of intent during the early signing period, and he will not sign his letter of intent during the signing period. He will wait until the spring. Zeb Jackson already signed his. He did that last week. For me, this is quite the eyebrow razor, John. I don't know if he's necessarily looking at other schools, but it may be a situation where he's at least keeping his mind open, uh, just with the process in general, really, just whether it's with another school or, you know, this is another uh, popular thing today with these high school kids, going the pro route. Because you see a lot of these five stars, high four stars, going the pro route instead of going to college for a year or two years. And quite honestly, I can't blame them. If I wanted to be a professional basketball player in the NBA and I was coming out of college and I was a five star or I was a high four star, I might take a look at the pro route. I might want to go overseas, make some money, do it professionally, go up against good competition, and then come back to the NBA get drafted into the NBA like a lot of these guys in these foreign leagues do. So let me ask you this, John, and we can talk about whether or not, you know, you would do that route too. Are you a little concerned at all that Isaiah Todd hasn't signed yet? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not ideal for Michigan. You'd love to have him locked in and recruiting other guys to add to this class. Um, But, you know, this is what happens when you go targeting the the top 30 guys, the five stars in the country. Um, there's going to be a lot of options for them to to go with, and it's hard to compete against these schools, the blue bloods and the bag droppers and things like that. So it's it's definitely not the best uh, scenario you want to be in, and it, it keeps it a, the it'll be a long uh, way until the spring signing period. Uh, trying to hold on to Todd, um, I think the chances that he signed with Michigan are definitely less now than if he had signed that if he had signed during this period, um, but. I think he's still just weighing his options. I, like you said, I, I don't think it's another school that he's gonna. He's he's thinking about flipping to. I think it's the pro route, and he wants to keep his options open. Um, you know, I just noticed actually on twenty four seven that they that you can crystal ball basketball players to go pro now instead of yeah. to a team, which I thought was interesting and kind of speaks to to how uh, you know popular that that route is becoming. So yeah. Jawan Howard's going to have to to prove that Michigan's a better place for him to develop uh, professionally than overseas. Definitely. I mean, if you look just at the 2020 class alone, number seven prospect overall, McCorm Maker, six foot eleven center, number seven overall, hundred uh, percent of the crystal balls in favor of going the pro route, and you're going to see that pop up more often than not. You're going to see these top guys and. Uh, you know, top five stars, high four stars going the pro route. Here's another one, number 28 overall, Marjan Bochamp, uh, small forward, six foot six, number 28 overall. He's going the pro route. He's already committed to going the pro route. Uh, he did that just uh, a week and a half ago. So you're going to see this a lot more often. And I really think the reason that Todd hasn't signed yet is just because he he's still, I wouldn't say weighing his options by any means. I still think he is solid in his commitment to Michigan. But if something weird were to happen with the program, you know, whether Juwan Howard ends up, you know, hypothetically leaving, or maybe the team just looks terrible 
and he just doesn't think it's a good fit anymore. He could absolutely go the pro route. He could do his one year overseas and then just go right to the NBA draft. And honestly, that wouldn't be a terrible option. If you were a high-ranked kid, John, what would you want to do? Would you want to go to college, spend all this time studying, spend all this time in the classroom, and then having to do all the practices and workouts and then traveling to games? Or would you just do the pro route? Yeah, I don't know. That's that's tough to say. There's definitely big advantages to both. And being such a big college sports fan, I'd be inclined to say still go college. But it's also different for everyone. If you need money for your family and you, you, you know, you, you want to get yeah. started earlier um, and, you know, maybe travel and see the world, a different culture, then definitely going pro would be an awesome experience as well. But I, I mean, I, I like the college game a lot and I think it would, it just, you know, easier to stay with the established route because I think there's a little more risk involved with going overseas. Um, but I mm-hmm. definitely, I definitely understand um, why players would want to, you know, actually earn value for the, the work they put yeah. in on the court and things like that. Look, I, I love college basketball. It's, it's one of my favorite sports to watch. I, I enjoy watching college basketball more than the NBA. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if, if it were me, I would want to make some money. And quite honestly, I can't fault these kids for wanting to pass up the college route and, you know, all of the, uh, boomers, so to speak, would say, oh, get your college education, go go to college and experience it. But honestly, these kids, these high-ranked kids, they're not going to stay for all four years. They're not going to get their degree. E- even back in the 90s when Juwan Howard was uh, playing for Michigan, these guys, the Fab Five, they didn't stay all four years. Juwan Howard actually had to come back, finish his one year, and then he was able to graduate from college. So I don't know. I, I think. It, it's it is a tough decision. I I would I would go the overseas route. I think just to make some money, see a new culture, uh, play a, play against some really good competition. Because more often than not in college, you're not playing against the best competition. Um, I think it would be a lot less stressful too to play overseas because you're literally just playing basketball. You're just practicing. That's all you got to do. You don't have to do any studying. You don't have to take final exams. You don't have to do any of that extracurricular stuff that college uh, athletes have to do. Plus you get paid. College athletes don't get paid, which in my opinion, they absolutely should. And I think it's good that legislation is actually bringing all of this up. I think it's, uh, it's important for these kids to, to do that. But yeah, I, I, I think you, you can't go wrong either way. Like you said, because college basketball is so great. I love it. March Madness is fantastic. All these early games, uh, in in November and December are, are really really good. There there have already already been some really really great games in college basketball this season. But yeah, I mean it's definitely worrying. Uh, coming back to the Michigan side of things, for Isaiah Todd to not be signed because he can definitely look that pro route. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see on that one too. But uh, we've got a long ways to go until the uh, spring signing period, and hopefully he will put ink to paper, eventually backs it off and become a Michigan Wolverine officially. But until that happens, let's turn our attention, John, to one more guy who Michigan is going after in the 2020 class, Adam Miller. He is a guard, six foot three. He's also from Chicago, much like one of uh, their earlier targets, Namari Burnett. Uh, Adam Miller is number 32 overall. Nine crystal balls, all nine, are in favor of Illinois. Uh, 
I'm not sure if he's going to be delaying his commitment, but it still says on 24-7 Sports that he's going to be committing here on Thursday. So it'll be uh, quite interesting to see what he ends up doing. But this is one guy that Michigan has got in on his recruitment uh, very recently. I think they just offered him last week, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Kind of a backup plan to Namari. Burnett and Moses Moody committing elsewhere. He was supposed to be on campus this weekend, but I don't think that happened. John, what are you what are you thinking about this recruitment here? Do you think Michigan actually has a legitimate shot? What what's the update here? Do you have one? Yeah, I think it's kind of wait and see mode if he ends up committing on Thursday or not. Um, that, I mean, that's obviously going to uh, change the course of his recruitment. Um, I think I th- I don't think he's going to commit on Thursday. I think uh, John Howard did enough to at least earn an, earn a visit from him um, sometime, whether it's you know this weekend or next weekend for the Ohio State game. Um, so I think it's he obviously wasn't going to sign in the early signing period anyway, since he'd set his date to Thursday, and the uh, the period ends Wednesday. So he has time to uh, more time to make a decision. Um, and it doesn't have to, and it doesn't have to be final until the spring. So. I think Howard's going to keep uh, keep pushing in this one. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's funny. He, he got his offer basically right after we recorded our last podcast talking about potential shooting guard replacements. Um, so he popped up pretty soon after uh, Moody and Burnett were off the board. So he's, he's definitely expanding his board. Um, John Howard is and, you know, trying to find replacements and he's, and he's not, He's not moving down the list of uh, elite recruits very far. He's still shooting for for the top guys. Yeah, I think it was just quite the coincidence that uh, that that he ended up getting that offer uh, pretty much right after we recorded last week. It was just one of those things. So much stuff happened right after we recorded. But um, yeah, I, I think it's interesting that uh, they're expanding the board a little bit. Shows that Juwan Howard's not really afraid to to go out of the realm of, you know, just those top two, top three guys that he was looking into. And obviously those other guard prospects didn't work out. Moses Moody committed a few weeks ago. Namari Burnett has been committed already. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if, if they end up actually getting another guard in this class. It looks like they really want one more. If Adam Miller doesn't work out at this point, I really don't know what route they would go and the, the options are pretty slim at this point john they might just have to turn to 2021 where there's quite a bit of guys on their board early on christian lander being the cream of the crop that five-star guard from indiana who grew up a michigan fan i think he would be probably the top target guard wise in 2021 so i think if anna miller doesn't work out they probably turn to that class and just kind of play it out with Zepp Jackson being the only guard in the 2020 class. I would imagine that they would bring back every guard uh, that they have on the roster currently, except for Xavier Simpson, because he's graduating. I can't see any of the other guards leaving by any means. So I don't think it would be the worst thing if they only take one guard in 2020 and then wait until 2021 and take a couple guys. What do you think? Yeah. I don't I think, I think Howard will will try to find somebody in 2020, or maybe even try to get Lander to reclassify. I know that was was an option on the table for a little bit, um, just because I think there's so many scholarships to fill. I don't, I'm not sure if he wants that that uh, gap 
in the in the roster. Um, although it, it would be nice to have a full year recruiting and to, and to try to fill up as, as many guys as possible, but just trying to keep the roster balanced and uh, even out throughout the class throughout the classes, I think he'll he'll try to find one more guard. Uh, you know, no matter who it is, or like four star, three star um, down the line. Um, but but that's just my opinion. I don't know what his uh, thinking is going going through here. Yeah, I, I really don't either. Um, it, it'll be certainly one thing to watch moving forward. Just exactly what happens here. It was kind of like it was kind of like Michigan football with with the running back position last year. They only had Charbonnet committed, uh, Eric Gray decommitted last minute and flipped to Tennessee. You kind of thought that they may go after another running back, which it looked like they were kind of looking into a few other guys, but didn't end up working out. So. In my opinion, I think they'll probably just look to the future classes and maybe maybe look into a, a reclassification kind of deal. But I, I, I would imagine that they'd probably just stick with their guns and, and roll into 2021 trying to get the best full class that Juwan Howard could possibly get. Um, you know, because they're probably still going to get a commitment from uh, Jace Howard, Juwan's son. And it's looking really good with, with Hunter Dickinson right now. So at this point, to get another guard might just be gravy at that point. Um, you know, they may not even have the roster spot to fill if they end up getting commitment from Howard and from Dickinson. But yeah, it'll be certainly the one position to watch moving forward in terms of recruiting for Michigan basketball. Uh, is there anything else that uh, you wanted to add on here, John, before we... Uh, let the uh, let the plugs roll through here. Uh, I don't think so. Just just look out for Hunter Dickinson maybe uh, signing uh, in the, the last couple of days before the early signing period ends. Um, I think it, it might happen out of the blue just to get it done during this the signing period or not. Um, and if if he does, I think it'll be Michigan. With all the stuff that happened last week after we recorded, I wouldn't be shocked if Hunter Dickinson committed. Right after we hit stop recording here, yeah. <laughs> so it would just be typical. But uh, but hey, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where can they get you at on Twitter? At Simmons underscore John. And be sure to like Mason Brew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow Mason Brew on Twitter at Mason Brew. Be sure to like and subscribe all of our podcasts. Please leave those five star reviews. You can find them on Google, Spotify. Stitcher, and pretty much wherever you get your podcasts, we'll deliver it there for you. But Maze Brew Podcast will be back tomorrow with another episode of Out of the Blue, and me and John will be back next week with another edition here of the Recruit Podcast. Until then, for John, I am Vaughn. We'll be talking at you guys next weekend. Go Blue.